are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM and you're joined by myself, Lawson, and none other than the one, the only, the worst Western Australian, <laughs> Monica. <laughs> the worst Western Australian. <laughs> Which is pretty hard to do, to be honest. But. I mean, considering I don't really identify as a Western Australian much anymore. But what I'm are sure you? Fine. What are you then? Okay, I'm because a, then I tried I'm to call a... you a Tasmanian. You said you're not one of those either. Are you from New South Wales? No, I'm I'm a citizen of the world. Oh, that is so yikes! I'm a gypsy. That is such a. <clears throat> nah, if you ask me, I say I would say I was originally from Western Australia. Although I got to tell you, inside our house, it was very much Little Germany. <laughs> okay, okay. You, you felt like it's, it was. Aus- T- typical immigrant family. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Outside the doors, Australia. Inside the doors, wherever your parents little, are from. <laughs> little Frankfurt in there. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. what, what part of Germany are your parents? Like- Hannover. Hannover. Yeah, Hannover. Oh, I know where that Hanover. is. Hanover. <laughs> okay. I think I've been there. Oh, yeah? It's nice. Uh, like, I've driven, I've driven mm-hmm. through there at some point. Has the largest man-made lake on the planet, courtesy oh, wow. of... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Mush Sea, uh, and it's so big it's it, you can it's almost impossible to walk around. Like I I, I um, one time was staying in a hotel that was situated right on the corner of the Mush Sea, and in the morning every morning I was like, this is the morning that I'm going to walk all the way around the lake. Mm-hmm. And every morning I gave up. I just couldn't do it. It was so big. Mm-hmm. Mm. How many Ks would that be? I can't remember. It's just I'm looking at DJ Shell's eyes getting all like glassy because I'm sure she would love to go over there. Hike around that yeah. and claim it on strike. There's a, uh, there's a, I think it's a 60k loop that you can do here in, in, oh. in, uh, here in New South Wales, New South Wales in Lake Macquarie. Oh, that you, that you can do. I've I've mapped it out on my like as a bicycle thing. Mm-hmm. But if you want to go for a sixty k walk, which I'm that is something that I'm <laughs> sure producer Shell would be super into, or maybe sixty k walk or sixty k run. That, nice. That's actually insane. Yeah, but, be into but a 60k bike ride? And it, it goes around Lake Macquarie. Goes around Lake yeah. Macquarie. Well, Lake Macquarie is natural. Yeah, that's right. Much there is man made. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like, it's like a giant cement pond. That is wild. Like a, and it's, it's like, it's literally, it's not even, when you think big, you're probably thinking something quite tall. But literally, the, the barrier for, between the water is like not even as tall as this table. And then the water is not very deep. Why so, does it exist? Probably something to do with Hitler's pride. Because I'm thinking of like a when I think man-made pond, I think of like oh, so they've like shifted the dirt and whatnot. They've done something like, um, like Dubai-esque. You know how they, they oh, built right, the palm right, tree. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. But you're saying that this is actually just a big piece of concrete with water. Literally, in it. literally, yep, yep, and a couple of like little stupid fountains in the middle. That is wild. You know what though? <laughs> that would be full of musk, oh, yeah. like like mold and not yeah. mold. Um, and I think they clean it and stuff. I mean, they are German after all. Absolutely interesting time. If you've been there, if you've been to the the musk, the musk, musk sea. I'm saying that in German. I don't know what it actually translates as in English. Sea means sea. Yeah, I'm not sure what musk means. Like. I don't know what that translates to. It Sorry. means it means gross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you've been to the mush here, then let us know. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Oh, we haven't had a clue for the quiz yet. Oh yeah, let me hit you with that. Mm-hmm. Who am I? This is our fourth clue. I replied to my mother in law, where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God my God. We've got a text message in here. Oh, Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. By the way, our, our amazing prizes being this week 
the 40-day Holy Spirit devotional, which we want to give to you. Uh, I've got a text message here from David. He's talking to you as a Western Australian, to a fellow Western Australian. He says, Morning, Mon. Have you seen Mon Street off the Great Eastern Highway? I think along Greenmount, Stoneville, Sawyers Valley in WA. Oh, bless. Have you seen that before? <laughs> no, but do you know, do you know a funny story? Um, mm-hmm. That was from David. Hey, David. My my best friend down in Sydney, she lives on Mon Street, Canterbury. Oh, that's awesome. I keep trying to charge her rent because she lives on my street, but she won't have any rent. <laughs> she won't have a bar of that. She's like, you're living on my street. Hand over the rent. She's like, nah. <laughs> nah. Oh, man. I am so excited. So... The uh, the biggest convenience store in Japan, or one of them, is called Lawson. Oh. Like L-A-W-S-O-N. It's not like a Japanese word. Uh-huh. It's just Lawson. It's just my name. And so when I meet Japanese people and I tell them that my name is Lawson, they're always surprised. They think it's like a fake name. And I'm like, no, that's really my name. They're like, your name is actually Lawson. Especially if I speak to them in Japanese and I'm like, oh, watashi wa Lawson They're like... What? They're like, your name is the same as the convenience. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. And um it's just it's really it's a really good way for me to be able to connect with those people. But- I just I just I just remember David, David Edgar, who just messaged about Mon Street. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? I have actually seen that street. Is that street David, just tell me, is that the street that's like if you're going down south, like out of Perth, is that along the way? Because if that's the Mon Street down there, I've done a whole photo shoot with that street. Oh, <laughs> street wow. sign. Yeah, yeah. I have pictures of me like back in the day, <laughs> coming back from summer camp, pulling over and <laughs> climbing, the, climbing the sign post. <laughs> that's so good. It probably is. Yeah, I hope so. It's along the freeway then. Yeah, 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 yeah. How many Mon Streets are there along the freeway? Yeah. But yeah, every time my friend, it's either my friends from Australia go to Japan or my friends from Japan go back to Japan from Australia. I always, there's always an Instagram story with me tagged in it. And then I always share it on my story. I'll be like, good to see that my enterprise is going well, you know, <laughs> and I, I can't wait to go over there and walk into Lawson and pull out my passport and be like, this is my store. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Give me free stuff. <laughs> I bet you they would. I bet you they would. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they'd think I'm weird, but at the same time, it's pretty cool. Hey, we got Braden texting in as well. He says, I would argue that God supports a one world government, though not the government we are talking about. His one world government right. is with him at the head. And absolutely, the, the thing that he realizes and that God knows and that we all know and we can see clearly is that if you put a human at the top of a one world government, uh, that will lead to tyrannical, mm-hmm. awful death. You know, ultimate power, ultimately corrupt. That's right. And so, whether it's, but in, in many different ways, whether it's communism, if you make a one world government that's based on capitalism or it's whatever it may be, it's, there are, we are consistently faced with problems, um, in regards to one world governments. Uh, but God's government run by God, an infinite being who is able to, solve every problem and do everything correctly um, and who does not corrupt. There is no shadow of turning with him. Mm. It will be perfect. We've got a bunch of people writing in with the correct answer for the quiz as well. Shout out uh, Diana, or Diana, D- Diana. I always, Diana. I know so many people with that name that is pronounced differently. Uh, we've got Freco and Julie all getting in with correct answers. So congratulations. You're listening to the breakfast show on Faith FM this morning, and Monica, I need you to open that Bible that I just gave you just before we went live on the show this morning. Mm-hmm. And I need you to turn to, oh, let's have a look. I need you to turn to the book of James. 
let's go to the book of James. I've heard the book of James described. I was actually, we were at, I was at Avondale on Friday night for the SALT program and we had Chapo up there who's been a presenter here on Faith FM. We had Beth and Chapo with the Marriage Project. They had Chapo up the front and he said, you know, I read the book of James and when I read James, I imagine that James was writing this after a bad day at church because it's exactly what it sounds like. Because uh, he's James is just having a go, all right. He's just like, listen, guys, there's issues, there's problems. We need to we need to sh- sort these out right now, right, right, right now. The context of James, further context is like, you know, we, I think that's funny. It's like, oh, it's a. Uh, it's a it's a, it's a person writing to a bunch of people after a bad day at church, a bunch of congregants. But we know that James was one of the leaders of the Christian church within Jerusalem. You could consider him like a conference president as such. He mm. was one of the leaders. You had the headquarters of the church in Jerusalem at this time. Yep. And then they're sending out missionaries all over the world, including Paul and Barnabas and all these different people. They're sending them out to go and start churches in the Gentile world outside of Judea. But they're the headquarters of the church, where decisions were made, where where doctrines were decided, all of these things came from the church in Jerusalem, which included James, the brother of Jesus, and and um, and one of the disciples as well. So James is here in in uh, in Jerusalem. And he, he's writing out to the to various brothers and sisters across. And that's how the, exactly how the book of James starts. If you start in, in chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, James, a bondservant of Christ, uh, a bondservant of God to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes who are scattered abroad's greetings. Like he is talking to all the believers everywhere. And you could say, oh, well, isn't he talking specifically to the Jews? Um, and you could say, yes. But that's because at this time, the Jews are the ones who are going from Jerusalem spreading the gospel. So it's basically to all the people of the church in all of the land. And he's going to give them an important message. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Now again, how this book feels, James writing it after a bad day. He essentially just gives a lot of advice. It sounds like he's just sorting out a lot of things that he sees going on in his church. He's like, I don't like this. We need to talk about it. Let's talk about it right now. And so we're going to pick it up. Monica, can you read from James chapter 2? And we're going to start in verse 8. And do you want to read through to verse 13? James chapter 2, verse <laughs> 8 through to verse 13. I'm reading from the NLT. Yes, indeed, it is good that you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. For the person who keeps all the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. For the same God who said you must not commit adultery also said you must not murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you have still broken the law. So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. Oh, interesting. So I can really, again, I can feel this is incredibly practical. He's taking a a high-minded concept of judgment and law and then applying it into the people's lives. Again, I can see him. He's in church and he sees, you know, Christians judging one another. And he's like, okay, I need to sort this out right Mm -hmm. now. Um. I want to ask you the question, Monica, because it says here, it's like, for whoever shall keep the whole law, yet some at one point is guilty of all, 
Previous to that, it says, but if you show partiality, you commit sin. Mm. Do you think that it's common for us as humans to show partiality? Oh, absolutely. What, are, what, what do you think are some ways that oh, we do that? People with their children. <laughs> okay. His favoured child. Oh, Which, okay. Know, and we can see that in the Bible stories of the favoured child mm-hmm. and how um, that has disastrous results ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I, yeah, that is a really, really key one. Um, showing partiality in the family. It's like a context in which you absolutely, absolutely should not do it. Mm-hmm. Yet it happens anyway. Yeah. We were talking before about communism and socialism and those kinds of things. And, uh, it's interesting as, as we're talking, communism and socialism is essentially, it's a system in which there shouldn't be partiality, right? It's like, yeah. it's like, oh, everyone's equal now. That's right. They're all on equal, you know, equal levels because they're all on equal pegging economically. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. the wealth is spread. Yet every time it's been put into practice, it's always turned into what we call vanguard communism, where there is a vanguard class at the top who needs to regulate and keep everything in check. And naturally, those people become a higher class mm-hmm. than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And so you just have classism existing anyway. Yep. Again, what communism is trying to fight is economic classism and uh, you know through, through unity and equality but it never works because it's just super violent yeah. <laughs> and it always ends with lots of people getting killed and died and that's how we've seen it every time it's been applied but again a system that promotes total and utter equality amongst people you add in the element of sin and human partiality and it always fails mm-hmm. but then even just in our personal interactions with people i know that there's certain friends that I have that I enjoy spending time with over other friends or certain people. And, and is that a good thing? No, I'll, I'll admit it. Okay. In terms of spending time with certain people, there are people who you just click with and whatnot, but I mean, in terms of showing partiality and I, I guess, I don't know. There's, there's been times. I think nepotism is a good example of bad partiality. Nepotism. Is it, absolutely another one, you know, giving people opportunities, not necessarily because of their skills, but because of their connections to you. I think that at various times, partiality can come in and it's just a result of the human condition. Mm-hmm. We are limited as a people, uh, both morally and, you know, uh, in our capacity and whatnot. And it's easy, it's easy to prefer people who are you know, in some way, we, we like them. We we show partiality. Yet, this is saying, if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. So, obviously, this is a problem that Jesus really wants to, well, James, as he's writing here to the church, really wants to get to the heart of. Um, but then it says here, for whoever will keep the whole law, yet some in one point, he is guilty of all. So, it's saying, okay, this is a sin, this is a problem which you are guilty of before God that you need to repent for. Um, the showing of partiality is is not something that's good and, and I think something partiality, you need to overcome. Partiality back then was quite ingrained into the Jewish nation because they were very hoity-toity by the fact that they were Jewish and they were very down any of the nations around them, like the Samaritans and the Romans and what for. Mm, absolutely. And that came from this sense of superiority, 
superiority because of their their standing before God. They were like, oh, you know, we're the Jews. We we have this standing before God that's far superior than every everyone else. But boy, did they have a wake up call um, when when Jerusalem was then destroyed by the Romans. Not only was had it been in, uh, subjugated by the Romans, but was eventually Jer- Jerusalem and the temple there was completely destroyed because of their lack of mercy and love towards people and love towards God. Let's read another verse. Do you want to go to Romans chapter 14 and verse 10? Romans chapter 14 and verse 10. I will read that one since I get there. Mm -hmm. Romans 14 verse 10 says this. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Mm, absolutely. So we see here in, in the, we saw in James, it said, so speak and so do as you're being judged by the law of liberty for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So there is this level of mercy that has been afforded to us by God. And because of that mercy, we're then called to show mercy to others rather than showing partiality, rather than being judgmental. The Bible calls us to give mercy. And then we read in Romans chapter 14, it's like, why do you judge a brother? Why do you show him contempt? You know, because again, you will be in the judgment seat of Christ. You will be the one facing judgment. And and then it's like we, we start to think, it's like, okay, so if I'm if I'm the one facing judgment, which judgment, you know, happens when there's an accusation of guilt, right? If I accuse you of Monica, I'm like, Mon, you drank all my Petriti and I'm really upset about it. <laughs> and then, and, and then you're like, oh, but even if you're not guilty, right? Mm. If there's an accusation, then what follows is judgment. Now, the problem is, is that we're guilty. <laughs> this is like, the problem is <laughs> we did drink the Petriti. <laughs> we did, like, Mon drank the Petriti. We all sinned. This, this is the issue. Yet, we have such hope in Christ. Because it's through Jesus that we get through judgment. And this is what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. It's God has shown um, a level of loving kindness and mercy to us where we are now afforded the opportunity of not being guilty, right? Of surviving judgment, of getting through and be found not guilty, even though by our actions we clearly are. And so it's like, okay, if, if that's the position that we're in, we deserve judgment and death, yet we don't receive it because of the work that God has done, which has been living and dying and, and resurrecting, dying in our place. Then what right do we have to judge others? That's ultimately the point is, is yeah, what right do we have then to to look down as it's saying here? Why, why are you showing, why are you looking down at another believer? Why are you showing contempt? For, to a brother because we're all in the same boat. We're all going to be put in the same judgment. But then the question comes up for me. It's like, okay, if we're all in the same boat, we're, we're all facing the same judgment, then it, how do we how do we solve any issue? If I see a, an issue, we, we have a, a system of law and morality here on this, on this earth. If I see some kind of issue or problem, I think, well, well, how is it that that is supposed to be solved if I'm not in a position to judge at all? If someone commits a crime, yet I'm not in the position to judge because I'm guilty before God as well, then do they get away with it? What are we What are we supposed to do in this type of scenario? What do you think, Monica? Oh, 
just thinking to myself, I was just thinking to myself, I am a quite a merciless person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the wrong person to be asking this. I can be quite heavy handed. But I was, yeah, I was definitely thinking I need to, um, take that problem to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and remember the mercy that's been afforded me. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Remember the mercy that's been afforded you. But that's still, right. it's like, okay, well, do we just let murderers murder? No, no. Do, you know, do we, do we just let thieves steal? No. It's, it's an interesting place to be in. And, and the question is, well, how does the Bible deal with that? And we're going to be seeing that very soon. But I think the key to understanding is that God will ultimately judge in the end. So let us act in according to his judgment, not as the ones who judge, but as the ones who let God judge. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We've just had text message come through. That's nothing. Stuart's Point is named after me, and I claim Big Camp as well. That message is from Stuart Clark. <laughs> yeah, so, so on you, Stu. <laughs> um, yeah, fair enough. I, I guess because it's like it's like a church thing, and it's you know there's no church things called. I'll Lawson's. let you own it, Stu. You know you, you, you can, can have, have that one. Yeah. I'll just have the biggest uh, um, convenience chain in Japan. Uh, and I'll have a tiny street in, yeah. <laughs> in the rest of Australia. Surely there's other things called Monica that you can claim. Is know. there? I wonder if there's like a chain restaurant called Monica's. I feel like that would exist. You reckon? Maybe in some, like, Latino country? Well, you know what you need to do right now is actually read the the the, the last the last clue for the quiz for us. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm like, what? What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the last clue for our Monday quiz is, um, goes like this. Who am I? This is pretty easy. I am Naomi's daughter-in-law. Mm-hmm. Naomi's daughter-in-law. So, so for, for all those people who've been messaging saying, is it Naomi? It's not Naomi, but it is her daughter-in-law. 0491064669. Get yourself in to win a copy of 40 Days Prayers and Devotions on the Nature and Ministry of the Holy Spirit by Dennis Smith. We have a, another one here. I've, I have a stadium named after me, Lang Park. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, that's awesome. That's hey, and uh, if you want to get some Monica's pizza, just head on down to South Australia. Go to Adelaide. Hey, we have we have plenty of listeners from Adelaide. You go 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 on down to Monica's Pizza, where Monica actually owns. Uh, I do, I that's that's not true. Mind. That's that's not one. That's not one hundred percent true. Oh, I saw the funny. I saw the postcode. I'm like five zero nine seven. Where the heck is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, South Australia. Nice. Hey, you're listening to the Breakfast Show. We're talking about judgment here mm, and uh again that number by the way zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. the question was okay well how does anything get done how, how does anything work if we're called not to judge well what does that actually look like we've given kind of a clear outline it's like how can you judge someone for doing the wrong thing when you yourself are also guilty of doing the wrong thing and it's like Absolutely. So I can't judge anyone standing before God. I need to not show partiality. I need to be a lover of people. But then simultaneously, we've received this passage of church guidance and counsel in the book of 1 Corinthians. Do you want to read 1 Corinthians for us, Monica? 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And Monica, if you can read for us verses 1 to 3. When one of you has a dispute with another believer... How dare you file a lawsuit and ask a secular court to decide the matter instead of talking it to other believers? Don't you realize that someday we believers will judge the world? And since you are going to judge the world, can't you decide even these little things among yourselves? Don't you realize that we should judge angels so that we will judge angels? So you should surely be able to resolve ordinary disputes in this life. Mm. 
Okay, so we are given this advice here from First Corinthians to do what? To judge. To judge, yeah. right? And it's like, wait, 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 wait. Isn't it Paul himself that is, is well, it wasn't Paul that said, judge not lest ye be judged. That was Jesus. But it was Paul who we just read the previous passage from, not only in James, but in, in the book, not well, not James, because that was written by James, but in the book of Romans, he's the one saying, how, how could you judge a brother or show him content, uh, c- contempt and partiality? But then he's like, oh, you're going to judge angels. Mm. Like you need to make judgments. Yeah. You're actually, you're actually going to be put in a position of judgment. But we see here that what Paul is talking about here is not a judgment that would bring people down, but rather a judgment that would lift people up. Right. And, and what I mean by that is that if he's talking about, Hey, if there's unrighteousness amongst the saints, if there's problems going on in the church, there is a need to deal with those problems problems and to show judgment and to, you know, give some level of, um, you know, come up with a plan to be able yeah. to solve these problems. We were just doing that this morning when we were talking about the Catholic Church, you know, when the exactly. Inquisition and we, and we judged that the problem was confessional and, uh, and celibacy, like that was a, a ruling that we made. Mm, absolutely. And I think that's why some people have such an a lot of people have a really skewed view of the Old Testament because it's full of civil laws and regulations. And they're like, oh, well, here we see this God of judgment, but then in the New Testament we see a God that that doesn't judge. And it's like, well, what, you know, what's going on here? And they see the Old Testament God is evil and they completely discount the Old Testament. They throw it out and they don't read it. And it's like, no, God has been the same at all times. He has been simultaneously the judge um, and one who promotes, you know, judgment and justice and mercy, but simultaneously merciful, like mm-hmm. the, the one who loves you the most. And so this leaves us in a position of ultimately balance, which is the best position to be in. I, I see it as the road towards Christ is one that on both sides has ditches. You can go too far one way or too far the other way. And of course, we're talking about that with Justin Lawman this morning, that you've got heavy globalism on one side which is you know trying to push people to unite together but if you go too far the other way of of absolute disloyalty disunity um heavy nationalism that that also brings a level of persecution with it so if you have a completely secular government that there where there is no tolerance for religion then there's persecution if you have a government that is the combination of church and state then there's also persecution on both sides of any issue there are like again there's there's a right way in the middle and on both sides there is there there are ditches that lead us further extremes, yeah. yeah extremes that lead us away <laughs> from god and so the bible here what the bible is ultimately getting at is that yeah in, in situations where where plans and whatnot needs to be need to be made and um you know, solutions need to be made and problems need to be resolved, of course you're going to have to use your brain to come up with a judgment. But is that judging someone and saying, oh, well, this person is worse than me, they are awful, da 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 And this is where, in these positions, I think judgment can be best made when we are actually compassionate. And that's what we see from God. That's the model that God gives us, is this model of total compassion for people, of total love towards people. Now, our compassion... Judgment doesn't have to include condemnation. That's right. Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting because for, for God, um, he isn't a sinner, right? Like, mm. like, God has never sinned, yet he relates to us because, as the Bible says, Jesus was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. He still relates to us and then shows us mercy 
and love. And what we see, I, I love that point. Judgment doesn't have to come with total condemnation. It is ultimately God who defines the boundaries of condemnation, you could say. Even though the Bible is clear, Jesus did not come to condemn. But to save, you can read that in John chapter 3 and verse 17. The world is condemned by itself. And it's by our not acceptance of Jesus that we end up being condemned. And so I think for us, the big point is that, hey, we all make mistakes. We all do wrong. We all fail. But if we're actively endeavoring to point people back towards Christ, and that can be done through I really believe that there are plenty of people who need to go to jail for their crimes and in jail when they're receiving judgment and punishment, they can find Christ yeah. and they can change. They have to have consequences. That's right. Um, yeah, judgment um, and not judging and showing people showing people mercy isn't at the expense of consequences. And so we can help people in a myriad of ways. But ultimately, rather than judge people and leave them in a state of condemnation of, oh, these people aren't good, they'll never be good enough, da 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 it's we need to put ourselves in a position where we're looking at people as our fallen brothers and sisters of Christ, just as we are, mm-hmm. and ultimately exhorting each one to good works, lifting yeah. each one up any way that that is possible and any context context in which that will be beneficial to the person who is receiving that help or is going through judgment or has done the wrong thing or whatever it may be. You'll be listening to our Bible study this morning, and we thank you so much. We are going to continue on with the show. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we have not a final clue for the quiz. No, we've got some answers for you. Absolutely. Who am I? It was Ruth. It was Ruth who was told, look, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods go with her. Ruth was married to Marlon. Ruth said, spread the corner of your garment over me since you are a king's man, redeemer. It was Ruth who replied to her mother-in-law, where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. And Ruth is Naomi's daughter-in-law. Mm. So good job for everyone getting it correct. We had a bunch of right answers. We had some people text in with Naomi, you know, kind of close, close, incredibly close. They they probably thought like, oh, I'm getting the subversive answer. It's actually Naomi, but no, it was it was the obvious one, you know, right there. Now shout out Ruth for just being a good good a good lady. Yeah. Shout out. Incredible dedication to the Lord. Naomi as well and Boaz too. Just just awesome people. Like it's a, it's a it's a love story that starts with tragedy but finishes with with triumph. And it's yeah, absolutely beautiful. I I you know, the story of Ruth, I just I, I find it interesting because Ruth isn't a book that I spend a lot of time in. I'm like, oh, you know, it's it's really cool. But I a lot of people see Ruth. As a, they see it as like the gospel of Ruth, seeing a person go through so much, being so redeemed, as we said in the in the clues there, um, receiving so much. A lot of people see it as like, wow, this person, the way that a life can be changed and turn around when God works, that is the story of Ruth, definitely. So, hey, shout out everyone who got the answer correct, and and yeah, just kicking goals, getting it done, just living their best lives. Oh, Monica. What's who's your favorite female character in the Bible? Esther. Okay, you're an Esther. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan of Ruth because of the way that God works in her life. But I gotta say, I'm a pretty big fan of Esther because the Book of Esther is like 
literally, the book of Esther is probably one of the most action-packed books that there is in the Bible. It is full of twists and turns and espionage and spies and just all kinds of things. So it's it's really, really interesting. I also really like Jail. J- jail? The chick who drives the, the stake through that guy's head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, just, just absolutely she, getting She's got done. some girl power going on. Dude. But my favorite woman in the Bible, mm-hmm. my, you know, there are plenty of women, awesome women in the Bible. And I'm not showing partiality here, you know, <laughs> I, uh, I, I think that these women are incredible servants of God. But one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Dorcas. Oh, yeah. Because that name is uh-huh. just something else. Uh-huh. Dorcas, incredible. But it's also Tabitha, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So Dorcas translated Tabitha. But um, the story of Dorcas is just I love it because it's it's a, a story of discipleship of mm-hmm. someone who has received the gospel and then is administering it into her town through meeting and reaching the needs of others. And I think that's a common theme that I see throughout the Bible is that I think Jesus inhabits all the qualities of powerful ministry. And, you know, Jesus is the preacher. Jesus is the one who, you know, um, helps the needs of others. Jesus does all of it. Whereas when it comes to us as humans, we find that we have a diverse range of spiritual gifts that someone could possess and they don't possess all of them. And I find that with, well, well, you do have amazing um, women who are leaders in the Bible, like say a a Deborah, for example. Um, Simultaneously, it's cool to see, you know, those those stories of, of women like Dorcas in her city seeing a need, you know, widows need clothes, poor people need food. I'm going to, f- you know, fulfill that need for people. And her life was just spoke so much of the love of God and was such a testimony to people. Um, it, it seems as though in the Bible that men are usually occupying the position as, as preacher and teacher. Um, but I think that the, yeah, the ministry of the men as preachers and teachers and, you know, in various different times, men are also seeing, you know, helping and supporting the needs of others and vice versa with, with, with women as well. But women, uh, the, 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 the general, the general um, ministry of men as those preachers and teachers would be, I think, so ineffective without those faithful women that we see in the New Testament who are just doing such a work supporting like Lydia, and loving the people. Like the Purple. Oh, it financially just, supported the ministry. Absolutely. So it's it's incredible to see just these faithful women doing what they can. Monica, what are you up to today? I'm going to work, mate. <laughs> Raymond Terrace Op Shop. Awesome. Yeah, come visit us. 45 William Street, Raymond Terrace. That's... Secondhand bookshop. What can, what can I get there? Man, secondhand books, bric-a-brac, clothing, men's, women's, kids, toys, furniture. We have the nicest lounge suite I've ever seen donated for sale at the moment. It's beautiful. Come grab it. Um, hey, hey. <laughs> well, we've, you've been well and truly advertised here. Remember to talk faith, live faith, and act faith.
for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.